You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so that we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to episode number 141 of the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thank you guys for being here as always. If you have a minute to leave us a rating, five star preferably, or review on whatever app you're listening to this on, we would greatly appreciate it. So we're 141 episodes in. Yes. And I have to look, close my eyes when we re- start the podcast every time because Jonathan does this thing that it's going to make me laugh <laughs> if I see him do it when he first says. Well, I, ha- I have to back away from the microphone when I start. Otherwise, it just blows it, just it looks out. Ridiculous. It, does, it does look ridiculous. It's kind of like when Kelly Clarkson sings a loud note oh, and yeah. pulls the Compare mic away. Compare yourself to Clark- Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> oh, man. So we got to... Um, Another question and answer episode for you today, but before we get to that, we got an announcement coming up. Blakely, why don't you tell everybody That's right. what we're announcing? Um, we got Full Body Remodel starting in July, so we are going to kick off the What the next, heck is Full Body Remodel? <laughs> we're going to kick off the next episode of Full Body Remodel <laughs> on July 5th. That is a Tuesday. July 4th is Monday. Go ahead and have that fun on that weekend. And July 5th, let's get going. <laughs> we actually just finished Full Body Remodel ourselves. Yep. And I will say, you know, it's good. I, I really saw some improvement in my conditioning mm-hmm. do, doing Full Body Remodel. You're looking pretty shredded I too know. over there. I, I'm really happy with the results of this program. I'm not just saying that because, because I wrote it. <laughs> I'm really not. So it's an eight-week workout program five workouts per mm-hmm. week, perfect combination of strength training, muscle building, bodybuilding, mm-hmm. and this conditioning and that you're car- talking yeah, about. Conditioning. And probably the best part besides how awesome the program is and you know the fact that you know exactly what to do and mm-hmm. you have a proven system to follow is that you get a coach yeah. along the way. So yeah, you uh, get a coach to, to, you know, as much as you want to contribute, watch your form checks, you know, help you help guide you with some weight selections, just, you know, be there for support throughout the program. Yeah. So, th- uh, remind everybody again, if you said it right yeah, now, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't say when, it. when is registration um, going to open? Registration will open June 27th on a Monday, and then we'll start the following Tuesday on Tuesday, July 5th. And we always give our email group first shot at grabbing one of the spots for it. So yeah. um, I'll put a link to where you can sign up for that in the show notes to this episode so you don't miss out. By the time it gets open on like social media and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, we're usually pretty full. So if you want to make sure that you get a spot, make some gains, lean it into the um, the middle of summer. Yeah, this, this will take shot. you through July and August. Great time to be doing this program. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. So um, yeah, don't miss out. Yep. So let's get into this episode. Right. You're going to blast off some questions. Yeah, this we'll is another, another popular episode of Ask Jonathan Anything. Like I said We've last time, it. literally dozens of people we have do. been begging for these we topics. Have a lot of questions. There's some good ones. So. All right, let's All right, go. let's go. I've lost 15 pounds so far this year, but my weight has been the same for the last few weeks. Should I drop my calories or should I do a reverse diet? First off, um, whoever wrote this, congratulations on losing 15 yes. pounds so far this year. That's freaking awesome. 
Um, they said my weight has been the same for the last few weeks. Should I drop my calories or do a reverse diet? So, um, you know, this kind of brings up the question of like a plateau. Mm -hmm. That's basically what they're saying right. is they feel like they've reached a plateau. What should I do? So, um, the first thing I would say, if you think you've reached a plateau is to look at how are you measuring your progress? This person said their weight has been the same for the last few weeks. So my question to them is how often are you weighing yourself? Um, number one, because if you're only weighing yourself once a week or twice a week, uh, and you're thinking like you're not making progress over those three weeks, it might be a better thing to do first to start weighing yourself more often so you can get a better average to see if your average across those weeks has changing. Yeah. You know, their, their uh, body weight might be fluctuating one to three pounds from day to day just because of changes in water weight. And maybe they just weighed in on a high day. So that would be the first thing that I'd tell them to check. And then before looking at dropping calories or doing a reverse, reverse diet after that, I would say really take a hard look at your consistency. You know, like, has anything changed with your behavior? Are you still tracking your food as accurately and consistently as you were before? Have there been more holidays? Have there been more unaccounted for meals? Are your workouts still happening at the same frequency? How are your steps? How is your sleep? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. This is the stuff that usually leads to a plateau instead of like metabolic adaptation to where your calories are quote, mm -hmm. no longer working. It's more likely that you're no longer in a calorie deficit because of these behavioral change type of things. So you got to have an honest assessment of what's going on with that first. And then let's say that all that checks out. Consistency is on point where everybody is on the same page for that. Then I would look at dropping calories from either protein or fat by about a hundred calories, sticking with that consistently for about two weeks and see if that average weight starts to trend down again. Notice I said average weight again. Now, if this person is already like starving all the time, they're super consistent, they're, you know, really eating the, the number of calories that's supposed to, and it's just weighing on their mind, all they're thinking about is food. Then I would say it's time to put fat loss on hold for a little bit and just focus on eating at maintenance for a little while, not necessarily doing a reverse diet where you're creeping calories up over time, just spending some time eating at the base level of calories. They need to maintain the progress that they've already made. Usually that's enough of a mental break to reset all the hormones that control your hunger. And then in the future, you can pull back, go back and down into a deficit to continue to lose fat. The only reason I would recommend a reverse diet is if the diet is really over and the, and this person's calories are at an unsustainable level and it's time to start building their metabolism back up, which is a less frequent occasion than, mm -hmm. than most people. So hope cool. that makes sense. Good, succinct answer. <laughs> nice. That's why I'm out of breath. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a moment. <laughs> What's next? All right. Do you track your sleep? I'd love to learn more about sleep and how it affects nutrition. Good question. Um, mm -hmm. I don't track my sleep right now. Do you track your sleep? You know, I don't track my sleep because I wear an iWatch and iWatches do not maintain their battery life for more than like three quarters of a day. True so story. I find that it's not possible to track your sleep if you have an iWatch. I used to wear a Whoop band mm -hmm. and I did track my sleep then. That's That's been a while. Yeah. So basically the same thing for me. I don't, I yeah. don't, it's a, uh, you know, we, we get enough sleep, you know, we, yeah. we don't wake up with an alarm clock. We're blessed to be able to do that. We mm -hmm. get eight hours of sleep on most, you know, most yeah. nights unless something happens. Um, I also think that like tracking your sleep can be beneficial, but just like tracking in a, any data when it comes to your health, it's really only useful if it drives behavior change. It's like, uh, you know, right. 
<laughs> yeah, I, just I know just one. to track the data ver- and not do anything with it. It's just tracking it, right? Yeah, like you're like using a metric to just see, like, okay, well now now what do we do? Like, yeah, it's not changing the outcome of anything unless you use that data to change something yeah. to optimize, you know, anything that is throwing you off track. And also, like I think with tracking your sleep too, you got to be careful that that uh, you aren't getting obsessed with hitting a certain number of hours mm-hmm. of sleep to the point where you you're like you wake up to go pee in the middle of the night and you're like oh crap like yeah if i fall asleep now i'm gonna get yeah, five yeah. and a quarter hours now <laughs> oh 30 minutes later you're still worried about it and you like end Thinking up harming your sleep because yeah. you're obsessed about the data so be careful with that it's gonna be like kind of counterintuitive mm-hmm. or counterproductive to what your goal with tracking your sleep is in the first place um what was the second part of the question now that I said um, we don't track our sleep. <laughs> uh, I'd love to learn more about sleep and how it affects nutrition. Okay, yeah. We have a, um, we have a blog about this that I can link to in the show notes. But, um, you know, it's it's way more important than most people give themselves, give get of it credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably, this is like low-hanging fruit for most people. And I realize it's easy as a coach to say, get more sleep. And, like, mm-hmm. people have kids and they are crawling into bed with them in the middle of the night. And they have, you know, busy lives and things yeah. like that. So take all this with a grain of salt, but it is super important. And it's something that if you do focus on, you'll get a great benefit from, I remember uh, you had a gym member who worked Mm -hmm. nights and it was just like wreak havoc across his life. I mean, there's a reason that our bodies work so well in the sunrise sunset rhythm. And when we disturb that or we don't sleep during the night, it really Mm -hmm. throws everything off. Like your brain has a system where it kind of cleans out the junk overnight like flushes it out. And if you're not getting enough sleep, you just yeah. walk around in this fog because you're not actually going through that process. Well, let me, let me talk real quick about tracking sleep because I don't think it has to get fancy. Like when I, we have worn devices before, I don't, I didn't always like trust the, the data, like, Oh, you were in deep sleep for this many hours. And I honestly didn't really know what to do with that data anyway. So I think, you know, it can be very simple to track your sleep, just like jotting down your bedtime. Like what time did you go to bed? What time did you wake up calculating those hours? And then if there is a change needed, adjusting on one side or the other, whichever works for your schedule, simple things like that. Yeah. That's the practical thing to do right yeah. there it's like all, there's all these like sleep hacks <laughs> but ultimately like can you go to bed earlier right can <laughs> you start to wind down earlier can you shift your dinner earlier can you shift everything if you, if you need to create right. more hours to sleep yeah right. and like maybe you need like let's say your your workout time is cutting into the amount of time you have to sleep you're probably mm-hmm. missing out on progress in the gym because you'd be better off you know getting into the non-rem phase of sleep where you're actually building and repairing mm-hmm. muscle which doesn't take place regularly and enough unless you're getting at least like seven hours so yeah. prioritizing your sleep can help your gym performance also also if you're not getting enough sleep you're going to throw off the balance of your hormones that control your hunger ghrelin and leptin ghrelin makes you hungry and it's mm-hmm. going to be increased when you um when you're not sleeping enough and leptin tells you that you're full and it's going to be decreased when you're not getting enough sleep mm-hmm. your in, your insulin sensitivity is decreased when you don't get sleep they did a study where they took um I forget how many people it was, but it was two different groups. They put them both into a calorie deficit. One group got seven hours of sleep. The other group got five hours of sleep. And over the course of the study, both groups lost the same amount of weight. But the group that was only getting five hours of sleep lost twice as much muscle Hmm. as the group that was getting seven hours of sleep. So that was calories equated. So, you know, their weight was affected by energy balance, but their body composition was affected by how much sleep they were getting. So it makes a big difference. You know, like everybody knows the practical tips, you know, get bedding and sleep in something that you're comfortable Mm -hmm. in. That makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. 
don't drink caffeine in the afternoon if you're susceptible to it. I think yeah. the half-life of most caffeinated drinks is like four or five hours. Mm-hmm. But play it safe, you know. Cut it off after your morning coffee. No bang energy drink if you're working out <laughs> in the afternoon. Try to get sun exposure during the day because that goes back to the circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. Like if you work in an office and you're essentially under artificial light all day, that's going to make it more difficult for you to fall asleep at night once it is dark. So go outside, get some steps in, get exposed to light. Um, other stuff, of course, everybody knows you're not supposed to lay in bed and stare at your phone three inches from your, <laughs> from your face, really resist the urge to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you do use your phone at night, put it in nighttime mode. So it goes into that that yellow that altered screen so it's not that blue light that supposedly disturbs your sleep yeah also make sure that you know notifications are off after you do go to sleep so that it's not just lighting up all night yes or making noise disturbing you that's a great tip um also you were talking about like the the way the room is and stuff i think a cooler a cooler room always makes me sleep better if if it's super cold in the house mm -hmm. i can sleep really good yeah i've like I was like getting sweaty at night yeah. recently, like several nights in a row. And I was, so I just started turning our thermostat down lower and I have mm-hmm. slept a lot better yeah. since doing that less meat sweats mm-hmm. at night. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is like, try to stick with a routine, even on the weekend. Like don't be that person that sleeps till noon on Saturday yeah. and Sunday when you normally get up at 5 a.m. Monday through Friday. You're going to have a harder time adapting if you're constantly changing your mm-hmm. sleep schedule. It doesn't mean schedule. get up at 5 a.m. when you don't have to get up to go to work. But it, Keep it as close yeah, as you can you to can your get normal up at routine. Seven or, you know, your body doesn't stuff. know it's Saturday. Right. <laughs> your body might know when it's Biscuit Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure does. Uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's, uh, yeah. that's enough on that. That's good. All right. Third one. Does creatine need to be used daily? Good question. Yeah. Um, I feel like we get a lot of questions about creatine. Yeah. Well, we talk about it a lot too, so it gets people thinking. Yeah. We have a new-ish video on our YouTube channel. We do. Talking about creatine. So Speaking of our YouTube channel. Write all these these things that I'm saying. We'll link in the show notes. Write them down for me so I don't forget to do it. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are putting out some really good videos We are going to start putting a big focus on YouTube. Blakely's flexing her editing skills. I'm I'm happy with the results. Yeah. So if you don't already subscribe to our Mm -hmm. YouTube. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down for me. What was the question again? Uh, should creatine be used daily? <laughs> yeah, it should be used daily. This is not like creatine is not a supplement like a pre-workout where you like you pop it and then you feel the effects right. of it and it increases that <laughs> workout. Give you the tingles. <laughs> right. It doesn't work like that. So a little refresher. Creatine is it's a natural compound of amino acids that we already make in our body. We store it in our muscles and um, we also get it from food, high, high protein containing foods that we eat. So the purpose of it is, is it kind of stands at the ready in our muscles um, so that as we're using energy in our workouts, the creatine can donate one of its molecules back to our energy currency called ATP so it can regenerate faster. So like most people walk around uh, 50%-ish of the capacity of creatine that they can store in their muscles. So should you go through a really intense workout, you know, you're depleting a reserve of AT of uh, creatine that wasn't even full to start with. So by supplementing with it and keeping your reserve full, you ensure that you always have enough on hand. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, like, are you going to notice a de- decreased 
workout performance if you miss a day? No. But the point is like you want to keep yourself topped off. You miss three days in a row and you have several high intensity workouts, you might start to notice a difference. And even if you don't notice a difference, you probably didn't have all you needed on hand to, or the, the, mo the most on hand that would have been useful. So, um, the best plan of action is to supplement with about five grams per day. Take it every day, like at the same time that you're doing something else that you do every single day. Mm -hmm. So it just becomes a routine uh, and just keep yourself topped off. Creatine monohydrate, no, no reason to spend extra on anything fancy. Creatine is kind of in short supply hmm. right now, like baby formula yeah. and whey protein. <clears throat> so hopefully um, the powers that be get that under control so we can spend less <laughs> on our creatine like we used to. <laughs> All right. Hope that makes sense. Next one. I don't know about this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it says how to grow my butt. They used, but word. it actually says <laughs> they used the word pancake. Any tips to grow my pancake butt? <laughs> well, you could join full body remodel in, yeah. in July <laughs> or actually, you know, before if you even want to get a head start on that, you could download, uh, the arms, arms abs, abs and you know, the rest, because so you know what the rest is. <laughs> So yeah, that, that actually, that works and it's it does, free. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about like the, the, the overarching thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that a female sent this in. I don't have a note here, but, um, I think I, there, I don't know. It might not be. I mean, no. there's a lot of dudes out there with some pancake butts with They're just, you just sliding yeah. right off and just tighten right. that belt up. Um, okay. So the butt is a muscle. It's actually the largest, most powerful muscle group in the body. Like mm -hmm. you ever seen a sprinter with a small butt? <laughs> you ever seen a football player with a small yeah. butt? No. Then, I, yeah. It's kind of funny, but as you get into, you know, training, at, training people, as you, you get into looking at people, you butts. start to notice people's butts more and you're like, <laughs> that person works out. That person is strong, you know, has some, has some strength. And then you see a pancake, butt, and you're like, <laughs> They could use some work. It's true. I never, uh, I never noticed it before. Yeah. That's all we do now is we just, just walk around judge town. people by their butts. <laughs> hey, you want to go into town today and judge some butts? <laughs> I'm painting out cards. Oh wait, take my card. <laughs> you have a good butt. <laughs> I can work no, with they you. They don't have a good butt. No, they do. I'm like, you got oh, some yeah. potential there. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. um, back to the butt, just being a muscle. So, so what we have to do to make it less of a pancake is we need to make it bigger <clears throat> and it's not rocket surgery. How we make yeah. muscles bigger. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I think there's this misconception out there because probably Instagram and YouTube videos and infomercials and magazines mm -hmm. that like the way you grow your butt is to do, or any muscle is to do like a ton of reps with some with some light weights or some bands and make them burn. Like put some of those leg weights on and go to town, <laughs> some ankle weights on strap a rubber band around your knees and do 10,000 lunges. And it doesn't work because that is not what actually causes muscle growth. The three main ingredients of muscle growth are mechanical tension, which is like a resistance against a load. Mm -hmm. There's metabolic stress, which is like, that's that like burning feeling yeah. that you get. And then there's muscle damage. Like, actually breaking down the fibers right. of your muscles so that they can be repaired when you rest and you eat protein. Yeah. And that process actually makes the muscle bigger and stronger. Yeah. So, I mean, think let's just, it's easy to think through. Okay. Think through like holding a 10 pound weight, like how much tension is that putting on your body? If you're, hold, if you're holding a 10 pound weight, <laughs> how much stress is it putting on your body? If you're, holding, a lot. you know, no. how much muscle damage is it causing? Not a lot. 
Say you change that to like a 135 pound barbell on your shoulders mm-hmm. and you're doing a lunge, same thing. How much tension are you creating? How much stress are you creating? How much muscle damage are you creating? And the confusion gets because you can get super tired sore. and sore yeah. doing this, doing a, yeah. a bunch of these things, but it's not the thing that's going to actually like right. lead to muscle growth. It's okay to start there. It's okay to start light and it's okay to, you know, if, if, if you're going from zero yeah. to, to like, I want to start with some light weights and, you know, but then you're going to have to increase your weights. And and that's, yeah, like you said, like, actually you probably, you should start yeah, oh, you, super light because yeah. we're going to take advantage of progressive overload. Right. And so like, it doesn't really matter where you start. That's your base level. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to gradually increase the amount of all three of those things that cause muscle growth. Mm-hmm. And we're going to not, this is another big thing is you can't be like, starving yourself in this process or you could, you know, booty bands and low calorie diet is a great recipe for a pancake, but (laughs) because not only are you doing training that is never going to lead to muscle growth, but you're not putting in the food that your body needs to grow the muscle also. Right. So, you know, if you're brand new to this concept Mm -hmm. and you're you're like, you got a fresh pancake, (laughs) then you can probably eat at your quote maintenance calories, like not trying to restrict and, and grow muscle. Now, yeah. if you've been doing this a while, now it's time to get into a conservative mm-hmm. calorie surplus right. so you can not only maintain your weight, but have some extra energy to build this new pancake. Yeah. So let's talk really quickly about It'll how, be a how we this do this. This pancake will be a biscuit <laughs> before you know it. How we would do this in a, in a program or a client's program okay. is we would have them do first the, the heavy, the heavy loaded, um, lunge mm-hmm. or sumo deadlift or a hip thrust or something like that. Squat. So they would, if, if they're, if they're ready for it, be using a heavy dumbbell, a heavy kettlebell or a heavy barbell for this movement. Mm-hmm. And then and heavy is relative to where heavy's you start. relative to where yeah. you start. And this would grow with time. And then maybe down the line of that day was workout. They might go into some booty bands and mm-hmm. do, and do some finishers with some, you know, quadruped hip extensions or mm-hmm. some banded squats and all this stuff is great in combination with each other. But like you were saying, not just focusing on just the bands, just the high volume is not going to give you the results you're looking for. Amen. All right. Mic drop done on that one. Bisquick <laughs> done. All right. This one's good. Just give me a pep talk for when I want to quit during my cut. Man, who hasn't been there before? <laughs> yeah. You're hungry. You're like, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm lean enough. Let's yeah. go. I don't remember the episode, but it's one of the Monday motivation episodes. I think the title is before you quit, listen to this. Mm -hmm. And the point of that episode was actually this person could just go back and listen to all the Monday motivation episodes. (laughs) But, um, the point of this, that episode was really something that, you know, I was going through with the client at the time, but it's super common because, and I've been through this myself, like you start off on a journey with your health, fat loss, whatever it is. And you take action and that action gives you some results and that provides you some motivation. And it's like this great snowball effect. Mm -hmm. And then you get to this point where you, you're not really feeling as motivated. That feeling of motivation has kind of waned away and that the, the, the lack of motivation kind of makes you want to take less action, which starts the snowball headed in the right direction. You're at the bottom of this dip where you're, you're proud of the progress that you've made so far, but you're wondering if you can push further and you're not that motivated to push further. This is a very common Mm -hmm. place for people to get. And they start thinking like, okay, if I, if I just think about being motivated more, it'll cause me to continue to head down this road. 
but you at that time when you get to that point in the dip that's actually when you need to dig in and focus even harder on taking action to reverse the snowball action the snowball process so that action will help the results keep coming or if they've stopped it'll make them start coming again and that will recirculate the motivation back around so you've reached you're proud of your progress you're happy with your results you know you can do more and you're you're at a very kind of steady place that's the point where you have to dig in and continue to take action to make the motivation come back and you have to really think like okay why am i doing this too you know we can't stop talking about motivation around here but there has to be something deeper than getting skinny Mm -hmm. or seeing your abs or whatever there's got to be you know everybody that thinks that that is going to be a big enough motivator eventually gets hungry enough or bored enough, or Mm -hmm. there's enough parties that they can go to that that's no longer that appealing. Like they can quote, get back on track later. So there needs to be something deeper than that. Mm -hmm. So I would tell you to go back to what was the reason that you started this in the first place Mm -hmm. and make that your goal. Yeah. Um, and also make sure that before you start that you have a end, um, end in mind. Yeah. Are you going for a certain time period? Are you going for a certain, like fat percentage, fat. are you going for a certain weight? You know, some right. of these, what, what, are, where, what is your end line? So make sure that you're not just cutting mm-hmm. yeah, endlessly. Yeah, there needs to be something. Like you're not just cutting until you decide to quit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, that'll be demotivating right there. And then also remember, like if you get to this place where you're happy with your results and you are not ready to continue to take action, like you're like, I don't want to continue to put the effort in like it's okay to spend some time mm-hmm. maintaining the progress that you've oh, made sure. and then come back to it. Yeah. So pe- people give maintenance, like treat it like failure, but heck it's harder to maintain the results <laughs> that you've gotten than to get them in the first place really. Yeah. Cause you now got to keep doing all the things that got you there with the expectation to stay the same, mm-hmm. which is kind of a mind game <laughs> if you yeah. think about it. Um, so spending some time maintaining and uh, is completely fine. Like, especially, mm-hmm. you know, this time of year with when people are traveling and, mm-hmm. you know, there's shenanigans you can get into all the time. That's perfectly acceptable. Just don't trick yourself into thinking you're going to continue to get the same results right. that you have if you change your actions. Good. That makes sense. Yep. All right. Does, do- does donating plasma affect your health and fitness? Uh, I had no idea, actually. I've never donated plasma. Yeah. Um, you never have, have mm-hmm. you? Um, so I reached out to one of our clients who's a nurse manager and asked mm-hmm. her, and she said, um, does it affect your health and fitness? No, but um, I think people people don't do this super often, do they? No. Yeah, so she said the main result of it is that you just could feel fatigued yeah. after you do it. So I would assume that you wouldn't really have a good performance in the gym right. the day or the day after that you donate mm-hmm. plasma. Uh, so I think the answer to this is no, no, um, just have the expectation Very short term, like you're not going to go or PR. Two, yeah. 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 Maybe you would take that day and the next day off. Yeah. And, and whoever pursue. asked this, if you have a, any other questions about it, I'll put mm-hmm. you in touch with, <laughs> with her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this. Are there any negative, negative side effects to working out at night? I don't always like eating after work outs before going to bed, but it's the best time for me to work out. So sorry. I don't always like to eat after I work out before I go to bed, but it is the best time for me to work out. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good question. Yeah. Um, negative side effects. Your neighbors probably will be no. mad. 
if you're dropping deadlifts. I guess it depends on what time of night this is. So this kind of sounds like you've eaten dinner and yeah. then you're going to go work out. And I guess to me, the only negative side would be the sleep pattern is if, like, if you do have to get up super early, it kind of, you know, pumps up your adrenaline to work out. And then say you work out from like eight to nine, it's probably going to take you another hour or two at least to wind down mm -hmm. from that workout. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. She didn't say the exact times. But I don't, I don't think that really affects me. I, th I guess it's, it's person to person dependent. Yeah. Like if you, you know, some people are probably exhausted after a workout and fall asleep easily, but then some people are amped up. So yeah. I think that's a great point for her to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, since she asked about eating though, I think she's really thinking like, is it, is there any negative effect like on my nutrition? So, um, fortunately, you know, we talk, everybody always wonders about pre and post workout nutrition. Um, don't we have a video coming out about that too? on the YouTube. I think I we do. Remember. I think it's in the hopper anyway. Um, you know, people, yeah, people always worry about pre and post workout nutrition, but fortunately your body takes a while to digest nutrients, mm -hmm. which is, which is good because if she's, if she is having dinner and she's having, you know, 30 to 50 grams of protein and about the same amount of carbs in that dinner. And then she is, you know, training relatively soon after that. Mm -hmm. Um, th all those nutrients are still yeah. available in her body. She's not like going into a, a catabolic state just because she doesn't eat before she goes to bed, you know, so I wouldn't worry about it from that perspective. Right. I think that's micromanaging it. Now, if she was, you know, having dinner at five and then training at seven and then going to bed and not eating again mm -hmm. till late morning, that's probably not ideal because that's a long time to go without you know, a bout of muscle protein mm -hmm. synthesis. I was, I would recommend at least having a protein shake or that amount mm -hmm. of protein before you go to bed. So you're going at, going to bed in an anabolic state instead of catabolic. Carbs less important, but for sure I would have a protein shake if there's that long before you're gonna mm -hmm. eat again. Cool. All right, one more. This is interesting. Is it better to be vegan or eat meat for protein gains? <laughs> protein gains. <laughs> Making gains. Um, it's a, it's an interesting question because yeah. I said, is it better to be vegan or eat meat for protein gains? I so guess I don't, what, 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 what do that tells protein me protein gains though? Are they talking about just building muscle? You think? I think what the, yeah, probably. I mean, they're, they're probably thinking about like, well, for the, for the benefits of eating protein, mm -hmm. is it better to get it from meat or is it better to get it from vegan, from vegan sources? sources? Um, and really this, the question shows me that this person doesn't quite understand like nutrition in general because mm -hmm. Nothing is ever like better or worse. It's never like one thing. It's always like, well, what does the rest of your diet look like also? And what are your goals? You know, if somebody has a moral opposition to eating meat, then it is better for them to eat their protein from vegan sources. If their goal is fat loss, it's going to be better for them to eat their protein sources from meat. Um, but it all, it's all dependent on what their goals and their situation is. The tricky thing with trying to get the majority of your protein from vegetarian and vegan sources is that the foods that are high in protein that are vegan and vegetarian, they, t they bring a lot of tag along calories from mm -hmm. carbohydrates and fat with them. So if your overall goal is to eat a hundred grams of protein per day, that only contains 400 calories because there's four calories per gram of protein. So if you're eating a, most of your protein from meat, you could eat pretty close to 400 calories right. of food 
to get that hundred grams of protein. Something like a piece of chicken breast that is like 26 grams of protein, zero carbs, zero fat. Right. Yeah. But if you're getting a lot of your protein from a food like bean, lentil, Mm -hmm. soy, those kinds of things to get that same hundred grams of protein, you're probably going to have to eat over double Mm -hmm. the amount of calories to get it because of all those carbs and fat that come in, you know, soy and beans and those kinds of things. So for somebody whose goal is to lose fat is you're going to have an easier time if you get most of your Mm -hmm. protein from animal sources because they're going to be lower in calories total. That's not to say it can't be done. It's just going to take more work Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to get more creative with your meal planning Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to be more meticulous with your tracking. And you might have to rely on some protein, some vegan protein powders to get just the protein in. Yeah, and people have probably noticed too that mm-hmm. even vegan protein powders or vegetarian protein powders yeah, might have 25 have, gra- 25 grams of protein, but like a lot 10 of them, grams of carbs maybe, which right. you know. Cuz they're made from pea, rice mm-hmm. and soy usually, which have those tag along calories. And so it's a trade-off. It seems like they have to sweeten them a little bit more or put some other additives in there to make them taste more tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out milk is tastier than <laughs> rice when it comes to making a chocolate shake. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, it's a trade-off. Uh, we have a podcast about this too, about making gains mm-hmm. as a vegetarian, which has a lot more information. I, I can put a link to the, to that in the show notes once, right. once Blakely makes a note for me to do that. <laughs> I've lost the notes. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? That's it. All right. Reminder, uh, send, a, I'll put a, a link. <laughs> Yeah. I've said this way too many times in this episode, Fiddling but for full body remodel. We, we want you to grab a spot for a yeah. full body remodel. There is no cheaper way to get into our ecosystem and our mm-hmm. training philosophy and, and get and a coach, get a relationship with that, the coaches. Right. Then, then joining this mm-hmm. program, this is not our individualized <laughs> one-on-one coaching. We do have spots available for that also. Mm-hmm. And our one-on-one nutrition coaching, um, you can, you know, we're happy to talk to you about that too, but this program is the lowest barrier to entry to get into the digital barbell Mm -hmm. world. (laughs) Also join our YouTube channel. We're going to be putting out some great educational information. And in the meantime, before you join full body remodel, why don't you download arms, abs, and you know, the rest. That's right. It's, uh, two weeks, five weeks, five weeks, five weeks. So perfect. Well, yeah, there'll be some overlap, some overlap, but it's a a good way to get started. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a great day. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.